I am Shia LaBeouf, and I'm digging a hole. Diggy diggy hole. Diggy diggy hole. I'm Shia LaBeouf. And I'm digging a hole. That's like a really obscure reference, though, are you? I know, and I love it. Welcome to Eject Rejects, everyone. This is our (laughs) Patreon special. I'm Ian. I'm not Shia LaBeouf. Uh, And I am flabbergasted. (laughs) And today we are talking about what our wonderful subscribers decide to vote for, where our theme in March was greed, and they picked the Disney classic from 2003, Holes, and we're very happy with this pick, I must say. Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the better, well, it's better than the last than the last one that was voted on. Love you yes. guys, but What Women Want was, oof. Ooh. Well, we, we, we gave them the tools, and they yep. decided to turn them around and stab us. I, I think we should have saw that coming. Although, this one we did see coming. We, we all kind of figured that this was going to blow our other choices out of the water. And it did. I'm really glad it did. This is a childhood film, I think, for all three of us. Oh, I was like, an avid reader of the book, too. In fact, I, I read the book more than the movie. I, I like the movie. Um, I will subscribe that I think the book was probably more enjoyable, has better memories for me, but I also read like crazy when I was a kid. So, Yeah, directed by Andrew Davis. We've got the stars of Sigourney Weaver, um, Shia LaBeouf, John, is it? Voigt. Jonathan Voigt. Yep. Yeah. A wonderful little cast about an individual who is framed if not uh, the the punchline of his own family's curse, and he gets sent to a wonderful little camp that is all summer and no fun, and he <laughs> digs some holes. Yeah. Camp Green Lake, lacking both green and lake. Yes, which is the, the gag, of course. Uh, also, Timothy Blake Nelson is in this film, and I want to highlight him because I saw him in a wonderful Coen Brothers film, which I've highly recommended these two. Just quick little plug. I highly recommend The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's on Netflix, and I know that you have Netflix, so you're stealing it from someone, so please go watch it. It's a great, great little yeah. film that's got Timothy Blake Nelson in it. Also, there's Henry Winkler and Patricia Arquette. And Dulé Hill, because oh, yes. he is Gus from Psych, and I love Psych, and I love Dulé Hill. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, it's about Stanley Yelnats, and yes, Yelnats is spelled Stanley backwards. Stanley Yelnats the fourth, because the joke in the family is they always name their kid Stanley, because it's funny. And uh, yeah, he gets accused of stealing these famous shoes. Uh, as we come to find out, it's not the case. He's just a victim of being there at the wrong place at the wrong time. And he gets sent to this camp, and the camp's mission is to build character, is to dig a hole that is exactly five feet wide by five feet deep. And when they ask why that specific dimension, the answer is because it builds character. And, of course, that's not really the case, as we find out throughout the film. But it builds a wonderful little plot. Yes. With few plot holes. Ha-ha! <laughs> Did you... Oh, no, that was man. on the fly, man. Oh, that man. was good. I liked it. Here, hold it. Let me. I was a fan of that. Fly up. There we no, go. It was. It was. <laughs> it was good. Um, the this movie is. We 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 talk a lot. Of, we talked a lot about throughout the film that this is probably not a film that Disney would be making currently in the no. in in current Disney times. It it was different enough. I think for its time to warrant the, the the wonderful little following that it has now, 
But I am surprised that the culture for today has not really sunk its teeth into this. And we, we talked about that a little. And the basis of the story does have a few things that I'm surprised that Disney put in this movie. Or at least they would not now. And I'm glad that we were around when we were for kids because this movie is definitely a highlight of my childhood. Do you remember this film being a wide release, or was this just a Disney Channel special? No, this I can't was a, remember. This was a wide, wide release. release. Yeah, so this is a very interesting time in Disney, I feel, where they, they're coming off of the Disney Renaissance, right? Because Disney Renaissance typically ended around this time. I believe that Tarzan is considered the last true Disney Renaissance film, which was 2000. They're this one's oh three. Oh so. three, yeah. And they're they're basically trying to find the next big thing. And and really during this time period, I think Disney really struggled a lot until they bought Pixar and of course and then, you know, that's kinda how it goes now. But and, and I think as a result of that they started looking into ideas, because they're probably running out of them, and, and one of them was adapting this book. Because, as was mentioned, this was based off of a very best-selling children's book, which came out not that long before the no, film, it, I think. it hit, and then I think it was picked up almost immediately, yeah, if I not real soon after. the book was like 2001, 2002, yeah. something like that. Something the in very there. very earliest, the late well, 90s. Well, and it was probably easy to at least cast the main role, because Shia LaBeouf was already under contract with Disney. 1998 was the the book in 2003 was the movie so it's so a pretty five, quick turnaround yeah, that's a five, pretty quick turnaround five years like but um shia labeouf was already under contract with disney at the time because he was even doing steven yep he was doing even stevens so it was probably very easy to cast that because i even stevens like shia labeouf was a big star from just that alone and then this just shows off his act like he <sighs> It said, so typically, don't they say introducing when it's someone's yes. first role in a film? Yes. So this, or at least his big breakout. Yeah, so this was one of, if not his first role in a major movie. And, and not just a Disney Channel movie either. This was a full Disney-funded film that had a wide theater release. Because I remember, I may have even gone to see this one with you, Forrest. I don't know. I rem- but I remember seeing this in theaters. So I remember when I was in school specifically that my friends and I would play holes out in the playground. And how we would do that is we would dig literal holes in the ground and we would get in trouble by the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I didn't know um, exactly who these characters were because I was reading the book, but I hadn't gotten through all of it and I had that at that time not seen the movie and they kept calling me Zero and now oh. when I get older, I'm like, oh man, they thought I was dumb. But jumping <laughs> off, jumping on to why they probably wouldn't have made it, it's because this film touches on it. Never, it never like does a sharp turn into any of it, but this film touches on a lot of different things like racism forbidden love um revenge revenge greed like we said mm-hmm. um it tu- a death corruption corruption a uh, crime yep oh, yeah. um child labor i would even say <laughs> absolutely <laughs> which i like, think ties in with the slavery thing a bit too yeah like this film it, it never it never beats you over the head with it you just you see glimpses of it and all of those things together come to uh, among other things come together to make this story and but i think they pay enough respect to it that it never comes off as, at least to me, and I would assume my 
my friends here that it never comes off as offensive. No, it's not. It is part of the story, but it is not the focus. So it's easy to reflect on how that affects our characters and what they're going through, but it does not make a moral story out of it. So it's really digestible. Uh, it, it makes sense. It's a great uh, story for kids and for adults watching it. Absolutely. On multiple levels. Well, the big thing, too, is is it just never draws attention to it, right? And I think that's really the big difference in this film compared to the more modern fare. Not, not just Disney. To be fair to Disney, it's just kind of a common thing. Is I feel like more modern films nowadays, they're trying to push a message about... Uh, gender equality or racial equality or whatever it is. And and 100%, I'm all for it, 110%. I just feel like it's very ham-fisted nowadays where it's like they're shoving in your face. They're trying to force it down your gullet a lot of times, not all the time. This film addresses it in a perspective where it's like, it's just kind of par for the course in the story is it doesn't detract from the story if it was removed, but it, it adds to it and it just makes it seem natural. I mean, the fact that there's the forbidden love between Patricia Arquette's character and um Dulé Hill Dulé Hill's character and and they they add and it's just it makes sense with the time period and what's going on. But it's not like they're saying they're going like, you know, yeah, racism exists and everything. It's just how it is. They're these things are a part of the story. They're not a reason for the story exactly. happening. Yeah. And I think that's what separates it and that's what makes it come together to be a well-balanced film, I feel. And another thing this film does really great, and I think a lot of films should maybe, they, they could take a little bit of a chapter out of this film's book, pun minorly intended maybe? I thought it was good. Um, I think this film does flashbacks really well. They blended the flashback story of the old Green Lake town, or what was that? What it was? was that what it was? I think it's a town. Yeah. Just I don't know if they ever specifically said the town name, but I'm going to call it Green Lake for you know, brevity's sake. Um, uh, they they blend in the story of Green Lake mixed in with what it is now, Camp Green Lake, and it shows you it tells you the story of how Kissing Kate Barlow came to be. And why maybe these kids are digging and the real reason that they're doing it because there was a lot of robberies and thefts and, you know, they, 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 they don't lean on it, but there's a lot to do with different curses or different things of that such happening. The, the ability for this movie to juggle all that it had it in its hands and then make one cohesive like entertaining story was amazing. Like we're juggling chainsaws and oranges and sneakers and it all just meshes and you're entertained. It's fun. And it's one of those movies. And I keep going back to this. It is a childhood film to me. And I think it's for, for us. And I talked to um, Ian about this. I think this is our um, princess bride movie. Like this is our generation's like, cold hit or not maybe not cold hit but it it has that that makeup and feel of something that we can return to years later instead of as you wish we have i can fix that and i just i think it's wonderful absolutely yeah and i think a lot of it comes down to the fact is this story in many ways is, is timeless 
it is a timeless story, and I feel that the Princess Bride falls within that same category as well as it, it holds up to this day, and that's because it's not it doesn't really date itself very heavily. I mean a little bit in terms of the music and stuff, but nothing that I would consider like, oh man, this is not aged well like certain 80s phones, which I still love, even though I recognize they're very dated. And another thing I really want to talk about is the the acting in this film is so well done by almost all of the actors and actresses, I feel. I mean, we have very high-punching cast in here to be, and then at the time the film came out, Sigourney Weaver, Force and I both adore Sigourney Weaver. She's great in this film. Um, Jonathan Voigt is my favorite part of the, the film playing is the kind of the henchman right hand man to the warden played by Sigourney Weaver his name is Mr. Sir we come to find out the reason why that is later and he his just his acting and Forrest brought up a really good point that the only other actor that could have played this role with that same feel is Gary Busey and like Gary <laughs> Gary what was I I, I don't know why I keep thinking about Gary Busey. I just love him so much, even though there there is so much going on with that individual. But but if you yeah, poor Gary Busey, his brain is made of tin foil and gum now. But that's what meth will do to, to you, kids. To, to be to, well, also because he had a severe brain trauma. Well, that too. Yeah, and, and if Gary Busey, if you happen to be listening to us, we love you. And it's just a joke. I'm sure you heard it plenty of times. I really respect you as an actor, but. Yeah, Gary Busey with, you know, his teeth and his eyes, just, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you know who Gary Busey is, it's just his, I'm crazy all the time. And that's how Jonathan Voigt plays this character. And the way that he walks with his kind of duck-footed strut, and the part in this film that has always stood out to me and has been timeless ever since I saw it is when Mr. Sir gets his face damaged, and he's all freaked out about it. And one of the kids goes, oh, man, what's wrong with your face? And Jonathan Voigt grabs the kid, drags him across the cafeteria and says, is there something wrong with my face? And he throws the kid against the wall and he just starts turning around going, is there something wrong with my face? I look kind of pretty, huh? And it just his acting in that scene is so entertaining. This is a very funny film, in my opinion. It's got a lot of really good comedy in it. Well, and you actually... I watching it now that i'm older i haven't seen this one in years watching it now i have come to respect john voigt's performance even more mm-hmm. because i i don't know i don't know why i looked past it as a kid but his his acting is so good him and gary buster the only two people i could see playing this role as well maybe jim carrey maybe jim, jim carrey, carrey would he would take that more show, high though. energy yeah. look but yeah that's why i said maybe but john voight and gary Busey. but i i think they made the right casting choice with john voight obviously but i don't know when i think when you're older you just come to respect performances like that even more because he's just so animated and he i don't know he's just a great fun character. i i was laughing every time he was on screen mm-hmm. well it goes to show that Acting isn't just your voice and how you carry it. It is your body language and how that that perceives the character that you're embodying. And it is everything. It's the voice, his look, his squint, the way he walks and just kind of <laughs>, laughs at his own jokes. He is just wonderful. You know, the, the kids and everyone else in this movie are great. But he, he steals the show anytime he's on stage, especially with his really fucking gross sideburns. Well, and as the story goes on and we discover more about his character, especially during the end, it all makes sense. And that, to me, is a great example of an actor playing a wonderfully written role is where everything that that actor does or actress, I should say, to portray that character makes sense 
from the realm of how that character came to be because a character is supposed to be a real person just like in real life and therefore they're shaped by their experiences and their their uh, traumas or their insecurities and once you know more about Mr. Sir at the very end all of it makes sense and I oh, love it 100% um, and I, I kind of wanted to highlight the the like I didn't I didn't look at their names but the lesser known actors the oh yeah x-ray magnet armpit zigzag squid i i know those just sound like random words i'm throwing out those are all characters they all have nicknames in the film all of those guys did a great job and i actually i imdb'd um a couple of them just to see what else they had done not a lot of them had done much or have done much since like i think one of the latest ones was like 2005 for one of these kids the the only ones who have done stuff more recently that were the younger kids that I saw was Shia LaBeouf and the young man who played uh, Zero. Those two are the only ones that have done anything recent in time. But uh, the guy who played Armpit, this was his first role ever. Oh, this is his first role in anything, TV, movie, and whatever. It was a lot of fun to watch. He did, especially yeah. when he was doing his dancing scene. Yeah, he did great. And uh, I don't know, just the the acting and the line delivery from all these guys it felt so genuine they felt like it felt like this was a real camp with a, you know a bunch of teenagers who are maybe just on the wrong foot in life at the moment and who can find camaraderie and brotherhood by being together and just digging holes they digging a hole dig a dig a hole dig a dig a hole <laughs> the, the poor listeners what the fuck are just they look it up dig a dig a hole Windrose version. That's all I'll say. Um, the dance version. I mean, I, I really don't have too much else to add. I feel like I don't want to talk about in depth too much because, A, if you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? Go see it. But, B, if you haven't seen it, like, go watch this film. It's on Disney+. Plus. So you know, and if you don't own it and you got kids, do your kids a favor. Absolutely. This is a great kids film. Mm-hmm. And I think it, yeah. Already think we're ready um yeah for me my grade would be an a i really really like this film uh there's not much i can say that dings it besides maybe near the end it can do with a little less story there's a lot going on and it's close to two hours and it earns that but if i were to have any sort of mark towards it is make it a little a little shorter um, getting rid of maybe a few scenes, but the script is tight. The, the story is well-earned, and the characters are fun. Interesting. Uh, quick comment on that. I think this is also an indication of, because from what I remember of the book, and it's been many years since I've read it, but I, I probably read the spine off of my paperback coffee, copy of that book when I was a kid, and I'm fairly certain, if I remember correctly, this movie is basically shot for shot, page for page like the book so i think that that might be a case of like we've talked about with horns and salem's law and such is they were trying to keep this true to the book and it maybe not translate exactly into the movie i mean maybe that's where you're coming yeah marks for it being faithful absolutely but there's always a little bit of wiggle room when you're transferring something into a completely different media they succeeded in this but that would be the only thing i can mention yeah, no, I agree. Um, actually, I, I pretty much mirror everything you said. For that, this one gets an A for me as well. I, it doesn't. I don't think it's a perfect, flawless film, which is why it does not get the the A plus. But God, it's it's such a fantastic kids film. It's a fantastic. You can watch this one as an adult and find love in it too. And Ian, 
Ian used the word classic, and it is. This is an absolute classic movie that I think anybody, literally anybody, can find enjoyment out of. It's, yeah, this one gets an A for me as well. Yeah, and this is an A for me too. It's... It never steps outside of its bounds. It doesn't really do anything wrong. It doesn't try and overwow you beyond its basic premise, but it doesn't need to. It's perfectly fine for what the story's supposed to be, and that's very enjoyable, and I highly recommend you giving it a watch if you never have. And read the book. It's really not that long of a book. It's a child's book. It's like 200 pages or something, if I remember correctly. Pretty good. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to all the Patreons, subscribers that uh, made this possible, and... We'll see you next time. Real quick, what is next month's So next theme. month's theme, oh, goodness. For well, that would be April. Yep. Um, that being black and white films. Mm. So if you want to have a say mm. and vote on what we watch. You got a few days left to subscribe and get in there. Yeah, we got quite a, uh, an interesting eclectic selection. Yep. From what I remember, we've got up on there. We got Them, which is the classic giant animal insect movie. Um, raising Baby? Raising Up Baby? Bringing Up Baby. Bringing Up Baby. Um, a comedy about uh, a couple bringing up a wild animal. Uh, a leopard. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then we have Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, which is a 60s black and white feminist thrill ride. Lots of boobies, too. Yeah, so if you want to have a say in any of that and have your voice heard and vote, then consider going over to our Patreon and subscribing. The most you'll have to pay is 5 bucks a month, so it's not going to kill your wallet. And if you like what you're listening to, maybe give us a follow so you know when new episodes come out. And thank you so much for not ejecting these rejects. Woo! Bye, everyone. Bye.